When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Season 3 premiere of the Umbrella Academy is over, but we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. I'm Marissa Garza, your co-host for this time-traveling adventure of superhero siblings, and with me is Mary Kwiatkowski. Mary, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to talk about new content. I know. I know. I woke up this morning and I was like, I have to watch it. I have to watch it. And I was glad I did. It was, pre- it was pretty good. What did you think? I thought it was a pretty good start, too. I think it had the perfect amount of introductory feel, a lot of callbacks to season one, episode Mm -hmm. one, which was very fun. And, of course, we had all the new characters to talk about and in the world uh, that, for some reason, (laughs) the Umbrella Academy uh, that we know and love does not quite understand the consequences of time travel. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> like time is complicated as five has been telling us. Yes, this is true. Um, yeah. So we're here talking about Umbrella Academy season three. We'll be recapping just the first episode in this uh, in this podcast. Um, but then we'll be back at the end of the week to recap the entire season. We're going to binge it. So right after this, I will, uh, you know, start watching the entire rest of the season. But so far, I've only seen up to episode one. And then um, after our binge coverage, we'll be um, deep diving into every episode till the end of the season. And hopefully you'll join us for the ride. And we'd love to hear from you if you want to send us any feedback on Twitter or in the patron discord. We'd love to hear from you there as well. So overall thoughts, we thought it was pretty good. I'm excited about it. Should we just get into it? Yeah, I, I'll i admit I had a really hard time not just watching episode two last <laughs> night right after this. I think that this episode really is going to bring about an interesting season. There's already a lot happening that I'm like, oh, this is this is going to lead into something. This is good. There were so many questions that this first episode posed. Uh, so and I think that as far as I can tell so far, it has not lost any of the same fun or tone uh, as the first two seasons. It really feels like like it could have taken place right after the end of season two, which mm. is you know, we're going to, we've got a, a little special opening scene, but after that, we kind of go right back into where we left off. So if you did the binge along with us and rewatched season two, I feel like everything felt very natural with this first episode. Yeah. I'm always impressed with how they pick up the next season. Um, they, they always, it always seems to have that feeling. So I'm glad we got it here in season three as well. And from what I can tell, uh spoiler alert starting now for this episode um we're not dealing with the end of the world per se or at least the end of the world in the way we have dealt with the end of the world in the past so that was that was kind of refreshing for me as as a viewer of this episode it's not just 
Vanya is the bomb again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, Vanya knows she's the bomb and she's like using that power. It's good. Oh, to yeah. See. It's it good is. To see. Well, let's start at the very beginning. This episode is called Meet the Family. So as we know, at the end of um, season two, the Umbrella Academy landed back in the 2019 timeline that they thought they knew. Um, the day after, it's very complicated. The day after Vanya was supposed to blow up the world, they arrive and they're in their home and they're like, oh, it's so great to be home. Check it out. Check it out. And uh, they are not alone. So. Um, that's where everyone was before this episode. But this episode, we get to go back in time a little bit. And it was really kind of fun because we kind of get the same opening as you were talking about before as we got in episode one. So we see um, we're in Seoul of, on October 1st, 1989. So obviously we're like, oh, that's the date. Something's going to happen. There's this couple of school uh, teenagers like flirting on the train and there's like this glitter we didn't necessarily see this in season one I don't think but did we saw this like glitter come in like inhabit the girl yeah this is the stuff so at the very 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 end of season one um, I think it's the opening scene to the last episode in season one we do a flashback where you see Reggie who looks like he is I don't know if he's on a different planet or if he's in the future or exactly what the scenario is, but he's somewhere and he's like with his dying wife. And then she's like, oh, you, I can't come with you because I'm going to die here or whatever. And then you see him open this container and a bunch of these little glowy things come out, like this glowy dust and they spread everywhere. And I, I think we're sort of led to believe that that had something to do with creating these children. So, uh, yeah, the, we actually see in this scene the little glowy dust go, I don't know, sort of absorb into the yeah. teenage girl. And, and that, uh, you know what? I don't know if I needed to watch a version of this scene again, personally. Like the trauma of going from nothing to giving birth in like 30 seconds. Um, but And, and I, I can't remember if I mentioned this before, but I have some friends who I asked like, oh, have you seen The Umbrella Academy? And they're like, yeah, I watched that first scene where a mm. girl <laughs> gave birth and I was out. And I'm like, oh, but it's like, it's not like that for the rest <laughs> of the show. Uh, well, for me, uh, spoilers for Russian Doll season two. This is not the first time I've watched someone give birth on a train this year. <laughs> oh, my so, gosh. Like, um yeah i was like okay all right here we go it's happening and it happens again super quick super fast woman gets pregnant she has the child right away i did enjoy the freaking out of the people around her as they seemed a little bit more freaked out than the people in season one were about the whole thing um but uh, this time on the 12th hour of october 1st 1989 only 16 women were pregnant yeah. so I, is this just supposed to be like a clue that, hey, a lot more has changed in this timeline than maybe before? I, I don't know why we dropped drastically from the like 42 or 43 women last time to 16. It was definitely my signal that this is a different time. Like things are yeah. different. Uh, not only the fact that there's a Sparrow Academy, but this is like, okay, this is different than before because it is different than before. I, I Okay. Here's my pet peeve with this whole episode. And I think it's going to be my pet peeve for the first couple episodes of the season. And I'm going to say it now, get it out of the way. So I'm not such Here a negative Nancy, but ready for it. 
I don't understand why the Umbrella Academy did not realize that talking to their father back in the 60s in Dallas was going to have a massive effect on the rest of their lives. Like, I don't know why they transport into back to 2019. The fact that they come back and it's the day after and like the house is still alive. Like, why did they think that going back in time and anything they did back in time was going to have righted like the outcome? Like, they're not following the time travel through in their mind to understand that things are going to be completely different. Like, I would, I'm not surprised, or I, I wouldn't have been surprised if like, the world was even more different than it it appears to be so far. Like so far it's mostly like, okay, like the, you know, there's different people in this house and he chose to adopt different people, whatever. But like, why is Allison running around talking about like, oh, I need to get back to Claire. Claire probably doesn't exist. I like know. I don't know why you, why do you think that Claire exists? Follow it through. The only reason you married Patrick was because you were famous. You're not famous because you didn't get it. To, oh, it's like, whatever anyway it's fine i feel like there's like 800 different schools of time travel and they're just hiding behind the fact that time travel is complicated and maybe making their own time travel rules because this definitely like marty mcfly totally talked to his mom and did more of his mom that you know like and it was okay in the end yeah for so if that's if they're operating by the back to school or back to the future um Back to the future mentality of time travel. But like but, the end game time travel is totally different. But there's a big difference between like, okay, let's say that somebody in the future travel back in time and then like sees me at a grocery store and is like, hey. And I'm like, oh, hi, random person. And that is all that has changed about my day. Yeah, probably nothing else is going to change. It's not like because I saw that person at the grocery store, I'm going to be like, my life is different now. Actually, I want to go to a different career. Probably not. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but probably not. But when you have a whole group of superpowered beings go like hey dad you adopted us and then also you were kind of a jerk to us and here's our powers and like and and this person is reggie who may or may not at this point in time have released the little glowy dust like he he hasn't done this yet i don't think and so like he's going to change his plans because he has to do things actively in order to create the same outcome and so it would be really easy for him to change the outcome anyway i yeah no i i I see what you're saying i just think it'll be interesting if they come up with their own rules at the end i'm (laughs) I'm just hoping school of time travel yeah i'm just hoping that pretty darn quick we get like oh hey the world is different although like how does allison have the phone number that actually is patrick's did she look this up is it the same phone number i don't you know we don't know so maybe 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 she did you know go on to become an actress and marry him maybe claire does exist but that's like super weird because it's not technically your claire anymore it's the other you know it's like well we do get some information later in the episode that you know like there are other versions of them so maybe we'll see We'll see what those other versions were up to. Yeah. As long as they don't have the psychosis episodes. Yeah. Anyway, but but, so yeah, back to the back to this episode. So Reggie, uh, Reggie's on the scene right away once these women have birthed their children, trying to collect them as much as possible. Uh, he's wearing a white suit this time. It was very, it was very fancy, like 
white patent leather. I don't know. I was like, what are you trying to tell me, show? Um, but he ends up getting seven of the children just like before. And we get a familiar scene with carriages and the nannies and going into the house and everything. And this is the start of the Sparrow Academy. And yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting already from this opening scene where we meet the sparrows, how different that path went. And I don't know if it's because Reggie adopted these six children or these specific seven children. I don't know whether or not it's because um, what he learned about the way he maybe treated the, the kids the first time around. Like he saw his family in the future or in the past future family in the past. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, maybe he thought I'm going to do some things differently this time around, because for example, they're all presumably uh, it's 2019. They're all 30 and they're all still at home. They're all still part of the Sparrow Academy. Right. They haven't gone different ways. His, you know, maybe like we, we see a couple scenes of his um, relationship with some of the, the children. And it definitely seems like, Marcus and the other, uh, I'm going to call them children, but they're 30. The other sparrows are like more in charge. Like he listens to them, not the other way right. around. So maybe he sort of raised them differently. It, it definitely seems like there's a little bit. And then of course the sparrows are like, they're famous. They're like ruling the world. And then, yeah, the umbrella Academy was, but the sparrows are famous, like in the here and now. It wasn't like they were like sort of washed up child celebrities, like it seems like they are kind of in season one. Like they are billboards. It's much more like the boys, in mm. in terms of their fame. So, um, yeah, we get all of them. We kind of done the breakdown in our preview, but um, there were a couple we guessed on, and we get a little bit more of an idea of what they can do here. Um, we're, I mean, we can we can. Do you want to go down the line? Real yeah. Quick so, here? like, how we were introduced to them, we see this guy is like working out. He's doing all this super strong stuff on the roof, and there's crowds below. And we find out that this is Marcus, aka Number One. Uh, I guess he's got super strength. I guess yeah, yeah. We, Number we One still always has super strength. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting because there were a couple scenes where I noticed also that like the the house itself is a little different. Just, it's like upgraded. Yeah, it's I like modernized. It's very fancy. Right. And I wonder if that's also because they all stuck around. Like because they stuck around, they're like, well, if we're going to continue doing this and we're going to continue to be crime fighters, then we need like upgraded, you know, materials to work off of. Whereas in season one, they all left. And so it kind of stayed in whatever it state it was when they left when they were like 17. Well, and I think this is, a, again, later in the episode, but we do hear um, – the difference between the two groups is loyalty to each other versus mm -hmm. not loyalty to. So like what would have happened if they stuck together and had like, they treat this as a business. Like this, is, I'd stay in a house if it was my business, you know, like, like the real world. Um, right. But that I think is another difference between these two families. Oh um, yeah. I think we're going to be tracking all the differences. Um, yeah. And I think part of the question is, is it because of these specific seven children or is it because of the way they were raised? And you have to imagine that some of it is because of the way they were raised because Ben is the same Ben, but has a completely different personality, which yeah. brings us to number two. Ben well, got an first, upgrade. Well, uh, well, before we see Ben, we see Faye, who oh, is yes. Yeah, they kind of go out of order for yeah, some reason. Yeah, they're uh, climbing on a rock and a bird lands on their shoulder and turns and we learn that uh they're blind but they can climb so at this point we don't know that that they can see or how they can see but later on in the episode we learn that these ravens are 
like the seeing eyes of Faye and she can send them out to go listen and hear and bring back information or fight for them. And that's her superpower. Yeah, she can summon the birds and then and presumably fight with them, but also that they can sort of be her eyes so they can fly around. She can get different vantage points, use yeah. them for like and spying. They, like, come out of her too. Like yeah, she's able to spawn them. It's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, ben is Ben, as you mentioned, but he's like emo, snippy, snooty. Yeah. He's not the, the nice, nice sad boy Ben that we had before. Yeah. 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 Then Not we, really. And and just like Klaus had had Ben hanging out, we we see Ben hanging out with Christopher, who is a cube. Yeah, I still, I, <laughs> nope, still don't get it. Still don't get it. Um, this is something that I actually, it's funny. When I was rewatching season two. I thought like, is, did they? Because because in season two, I don't know that they had cast everybody who are the sparrows yet. Um, we definitely saw Ben. But like there's that scene at the very end where they all sort of come out and they're silhouetted standing up on the balcony and you're like, mm. oh my gosh, who are these people? And I was like, I did they retroactively add the cube in like for this season or was that already always planned? No, back in season two. Yeah, there's a cube floating there. And you're like, oh, okay, the cube, cube thing, yep. cube things from the comics. So Christopher, yeah. Yep, Christopher's a cube cube who they were kind of doing the like Star Wars school of like talking to droids thing where everyone can understand Christopher but they just speak English and Christopher speaks question mark it's sort of like grumbly gargly sounds so mm-hmm. yeah yeah I don't know Christopher's number seven in this in this uh lineup and then we get a scene at a pizza shop which is very like uh not great from an American standpoint. Oh yeah. Um, we've got, you know, um someone's going to pick up a pizza. They don't they don't necessarily understand the person behind the counter, but then we see two people come to their rescue, that being Jamie number 6 and Alfonso number 4. Alfonso doesn't really do anything, but we can kind of tell he's like really beat up and has a lot of like marks and scars and stuff on him. Um but then Jamie number 6 we just see at this point beats up the people who were uh, in the pizza shop, but we learn later she also has this ability to like shoot acid that gets the person to hallucinate a little bit. Yeah, she sort of spits acid, and um, both times we see it, it lands on their face. I don't know if that's always necessary if it could land anywhere on you, um, but yeah, they hallucinate, and at least on the positive side, the hallucin- hallucinations seem to be like kind of fun and not like yeah. uh, <laughs> traumatizing. But um, I can already tell that Jamie's going to be my favorite of, of this <laughs> bunch. Like, uh, I we got we got the most sort of attitude and character from her so far um and yeah Alfonso who we realized later on and this was something we had mentioned in the preview uh it seems like they can sort of take pain and like repel it back which might also be attributing to why they're so scarred because they don't mind getting beat up because uh, unclear whether or not it hurts them at all but it definitely sort of shoots back on the person who that caused it. Yeah, it, they may not feel the pain, but they definitely like have the physical right. mark of being hit. Yes. And finally, we meet Sloane, who is like Wanda esque in her like floaty ability. Like she's their number five. Uh, she actually has a name, Sloane, and uh, she's just like she's reading a book, but then she gets up and she does a floaty thing. We don't. I'm not 100 percent clear on her. She's very powerful, but I yeah. don't 100 percent understand what her powers are quite yet. Yeah, 
I wrote down telekinesis, but I don't know if that's actually what it is because she can like lift people up and move them around and like clearly has some ability to sort of lift herself through the air. So unclear, but it might also be painful when she does it to other people. Um, And we didn't mention it with Christopher, but the cube thing seems to also be able to sort of shoot some sort of lightning type field around them. Yeah, unclear on that one. I'm sure we'll find out more about the powers as we go. Agreed. So back at the house, the alarm's going off after we go through everyone and where they are. The alarm goes off, and this is where we get that moment that we got in season two, where the Umbrella Academy is downstairs and the Sparrow Academy is upstairs. Like, who are they? They're the Sparrow Academy. They're the Sparrows. They're my children. Yeah. I, Wait, what? <laughs> I did realize that this was definitely reshot um, just because Ben's hair is a little different than it was yes. at the end of season two. It was sort of in his eyes before, and now it's more spiked up. Yes. Um, and then some of the some of the main cast for the Umbrella Academy are clearly wearing wigs as well. Uh, so we'll, I'm sure, get to that more as we go. But they're like, I could not, <laughs> I could not not notice the wigs having just come from season two and like just watch the finale. It was definitely reshot slightly. I feel like. Um, Reggie looks a little different. I mean, obviously, the actors have grown. It's been, like, two years since they Mm. filmed the previous one. So, like, the the actor who plays five looks older. (laughs) Like, it's, you know, it's just, it is how it is. I feel like the first two seasons, like, were a little bit easier to watch back to back, but because they also intentionally changed all of their like hairstyles and, and outfits and everything. But since this one so far has been like just after the end of season two, they're all still in their like long hair. There's so many mentions of it too. Like Diego is constantly like, no, like this was really period appropriate at the time. Everyone get yeah. off the back, the back of my hair. Yeah. <laughs> Stop yeah. trying to make your hair happen, Diego. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I did enjoy that part, how they referenced it, though, because they're kind of, like, self-aware in that in that way. Yeah. Uh, speaking of awareness, Klaus is like, hey, everyone can see Ben, right? And Ben, yeah. ben shoots back cute hats on dance, which I thought was pretty good. Um, yeah. and, but everyone's, like, super confused. Five is, like, eyeing the briefcase, making sure that it's it's still there so we know the briefcase is going to need is going to need to get back in five's position at some point. Um, Christopher says something and his energy, wah, wah, wah. And Ben is like, Christopher, you slay me. It was very funny. Um, and Grace shows up, you know, Grace, robot Grace. And what's really funny is she shows up and Diego, of course, is like, mom. And Jamie's like, she's a robot, you perv. Like, what? Yeah. So I guess because... <sighs> Again, unclear. Maybe Reggie did a better job raising them. Gave them all names, at least. Yeah. Um, you know, unclear what Grace's role is at this point, but it seems like they refer to her as Grace or, like, the robot. They don't seem to say mom. So it seems like she never stepped into that role, which she did mostly because Reggie was, you know, so horrible to them um, right. in the previous timeline. But it's, like, times like this when you're like, okay, the Sparrow Academy clearly did not just like move into this house yesterday. Like they grew up here and they've been living here. So basically you can rest assured the last 30 years are different. So why do you think Claire is alive? Like why would Claire be alive who's only existed for a couple years, but like Ben who died 13 years ago, it's still people, people. It's fine. At this point, uh, Jamie spits some acid at Diego and, um, 
then we see Marcus is like, well, you're going to have to get out or we're going to have to settle this the old fashioned way. And we start to hear this is the uh, iconic dance scene of this episode or maybe the season. I don't know. We'll have to see how it shapes up. Uh, But there is a footloose fight. It is amazing. Marcus's uh, foot starts to happen. Everyone's like, what? And Luther's like, I'm defending your honor, bro. Yeah, they, started, they started dance off and i was very confused for a little while until like i mean if you're just listening to these recaps and not watching the show just go at least watch this scene it's really funny i i mean i love a nice synchronized dance so dance battle very good loved it um i'm happy that it ended up being a oh no diego's just hallucinating this it didn't actually yep. happen because i was like what i mean like yeah i guess they danced in season one and like but it's always a little bit more in show right like oh we turn we actively turn on the radio hear a song kind of dance together um like we had the the opening number uh, of the i think we're alone now in season one and then we did have the sort of hallucination not hallucination but like dreamlike dance between luther and allison and the day that never was and then in season two, we had the like Klaus and Allison and Vanya dance in the um, hair parlor, mm-hmm. but those were all more in show. This one was definitely like, wait a second, well, I, yeah, yeah, I was like, like there's confetti and balloons. Well, and the fact that like, um, like everyone knew this dance was like, oh I, yeah, I was like, I need <laughs> instantly. This. I didn't know I needed this in my life at this point. Yeah. Um, and Luther does this like funny like crab dance thing with his hands. Uh, and he also like seems to have a thing for Sloan we see during the scene. Oh, yeah. Um, and Christopher's yeah. like lighting it up with glitter. Like everyone's getting into it. And Diego's dancing with mom. But then we learn, uh, yeah, this is just and I appreciated that this was like a Diego dream. Like yes. this was coming from, you know, Mr. Knife Man, Mr. I don't talk a lot about my feelings, but this is his hallucination. So we, so this comes he just really wants end. a dance battle. He just really yeah. does. Yeah. Um, so when he comes back, Klaus, Klaus can't understand what's going on and why Ben doesn't recognize him. He's like, I just want to hug my brother. Like what's going on? And then, then we get a real, the real fight. <laughs> then oh, yeah. Yeah. we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. We had seen some clips of this in the trailer. So we have an actual actual fight um, where we see a bit more about all the powers that we had mentioned earlier. Um, we also get more moments in this scene of uh, Luther possibly having a thing for Sloan. Really moves on quick, uh, Luther does. And, yeah. um, and also we get another hallucination here when uh, Jamie spits on five now this one oh i did not know i don't know if i was ready for this um five hallucinates a real life dolores um who's a- italian i don't know they're speaking italian to each other that is yeah i guess um yeah and then throughout all of this also there are a couple moments um we kind of keep flashing back to it there is a glowy red energy yeah, ball thing yeah in the basement it's sort of we do a like a fun editing pan through the floors through the vents all down to the basement where we see this glowy red orb that kind of gets bigger and pulses and we just kind of keep coming back to that so we know something's happening there but yeah throughout like throughout everything there's like little pieces of glitter that go go down and it's definitely getting larger getting bigger um and 
the whole time. I'm like, what's, what is that? What is going on here? Um, And because Klaus still has the instinct to flight, not fight, uh, Klaus just kind of runs away and ends up talking to his dad for a sec. And he's like, hey, so like, what's the deal? And his dad's like, yeah, I was unimpressed with you guys in Dallas. So I made a different selection. Like, yeah. Yeah, he's like, uh, I adopted them instead. And meanwhile, Luther is um, hits Sloan like in the hallway and then is like super apologetic. So again, we get like Luther's uh, got got the feels maybe for Sloan a little bit. Faye, we learn, has many, many ravens. She sends them and the ravens can go through. They're very persistent. <laughs> they can go through the through doors. They can oh. get things, um, you know, get things done for her. Um, five is recognizing that he needs to find the briefcase. That's not necessarily easy to do at this point. Um, and Vanya is surrounded and she's able to like really use her powers and control them this time, which I thought was really, yeah. really fun to see. Cause she's able, like everyone surrounds her and she's able to push people away with her energy, but not necessarily in the world. So that was great. Yeah. Um, it, it was awesome that uh, she seems to have a bit more control over here. I mean, Clearly, she still is the one who just has the superior powers. Uh, so they they all regroup, and um, again, they like they recognize that clearly something is different, but they don't quite understand how much things have changed. And Savanya's like, "Well, why don't we just go back in time some time and fix things?" Well, to yeah, which this, what yeah. like you would go back in time back before I I'm not I mean. Uh, yeah so what you got to go back, back in- to the 60s again i don't know yeah so back at the, the house marcus was like it's over so they leave and they go to a park and this is where this conversation is happening and they're all like they're really beat up like they're just really like they have met their match and then some and yeah, yeah and vanya's using like kindergarten time jumping logic here and wanting to just get the get the suitcase or the briefcase and and get us back go back and um they have a conversation about their dad like does he not just want us anymore and Bonnie's like did he ever you know and this is where five is like oh you guys you're not seeing the big picture like he totally changed the timeline if he did this oh okay okay so what else has changed and this is where we get another time travel is complicated like don't worry about it don't worry about it time travel is complicated audience so there's two things uh two things two hurdles they have time travel is complicated and they don't have the briefcase at the moment so they're gonna have to find another way to solve this problem at the time being yeah um and then we're gonna get three clips throughout this episode of a man. And so let's just talk about all three of them up front here. Um, but they're dispersed throughout. So there's this old man who's in a cabin. And I mean, I say old, I don't know, 60s, 70s, somewhere around there. Um, and it says on he he's packing like a briefcase style suitcase. And it says on there, Lester Pocket. My prediction time. I think this is Harlan. Thoughts? Oh, yeah, it could be. Yeah. And the age checks out. If yeah. Harlan was like approximately 10 or younger in the 60s, 
I feel like this could be possible. I don't know, but um, I don't know. There's there's someone he's kind of like fidgety. He's packing this this briefcase, and then he gets on a, a bus and he's distracting himself from sort of. You can tell he's kind of on edge, and he's listening to sounds. And he has like a whole bunch of cassette tapes that all have different sounds, like waves, the sound of trees, wind. And then he's listening to one that's bees, which I do not think would be relaxing, but like. You do you, I guess. Well, and one of the things uh, I noticed when he was packing up his suitcase in the cabin was that he had sandwiches with num- – he had seven sandwiches. So, he, oh. like, he mm. – I, I think he knows of the seven. Like, which seven? I don't know. I don't you know. know. We don't know yet. Um, but he's definitely connected in some way. Yeah. So – I think that's clearly going to be something we're going to have more of in the next couple episodes. But um, yeah, just wanted to throw that out there because that's something that we kind of keep going back to in the in the background of this episode. But it's not like, I don't know, probably get like one minute of total clip time. So it's not um, it's not super crucial where it's placed. I, don't I, think. I think it's going to become more important as time goes yeah, on. I think sure. so. Um, well, so, and then speaking of the briefcase, like going back to the briefcase, yeah. we do learn that like um, Grace takes it down into the basement and she sees the energy orb and she is like really into it. She's just like, oh, yeah. just like really interested. Kind of in creepy it. smiles at the at the yeah. energy orb. Like, okay. Yeah. All right, Grace. Um, and we go back to the park and this is where Allison um, talks about how she wants to find Claire and everyone's looking around and there's Sparrow Academy billboards. So everyone's kind of like really... Like they, they made it big time. And oh yeah, like, the Sparrow Academy with their smugness, their smuggy smugness. They're they're not the Umbrella Academy is not happy about the Sparrow Academy. Um, I think they, it's funny that like season two they keep talking so much about how like quote unquote Diego is like the dumb one. They're like oh my simpleton brother, like all of this. It's like I'm sorry, isn't that Luther? Like Luther is the one who like <laughs> can't come up with any good comebacks in this episode. He's just like oh their smug smugness. Like I don't know. <laughs> I think that's like the one I have the hardest with is whenever in season one they would flash back to Luther, like young Luther. I'm like, what happened? Like, what happened to Luther? <laughs> well, they decide at the part they're like, okay, we know they're going to attack again, but we should probably go find a place to rest up because we're pretty beat up. And Klaus is like, I know the place. Let's go to the Hotel Obsidian. So they go into the hotel, which is this is the hotel Klaus would be at, like, season one klaus not season two klaus would be at um but they enter the hotel they're all using the same rotating door they all smush in (laughs) to the rotating door because apparently they've forgotten how to use those doors um and this is like klaus is like look it's home this is the place you know where we won't be judged it's a place to hide there's not gonna be any questions um like this place is weird but there's Um, like people all the patrons are like dressed in like different eras like that should be a warning sign i've seen enough content to know that this is a hotel stuck in time come on well and they like uh klaus specifically like he's going through the list of people who stay there and he specifically mentions roosevelt and and they like pan over to a man who looks like he could be Roosevelt. So yeah. I don't know what's really happening in this. Maybe this is the time portal. I don't know. 
we'll find out. Um, yeah. Um, this is something I did want to call out as being a comic connection because the comic book uh, series that's like the third one here is called The Hotel Oblivion. Ooh. And so I actually wrote down the name of the hotel as being the Hotel Oblivion. And then in the next scene, when Klaus says Hotel Obsidian, I was like, wait a second, did I miss that? <laughs> and I, every while I was like, oh, I, I missed it. So that, that must be like a clever little connection there. Um, I'll bring up more comic connections as we go through this season, but that's the first one title Ooh. connection Ooh. allison's like yeah yeah i gotta go i gotta go find claire i gotta make a call gotta talk this is where your, your aforementioned is the phone number the same why are we calling patrick tell tell mommy i'm still miss, tell claire mommy misses her message is left um in the meantime, everyone else goes to check in. Turns out they don't have any money. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so they, um, Klaus, or Luther turns in his watch, and the watch is enough to get them two rooms. So they split up boys in one room, girls in another, and uh, they end up going to rooms. Diego thinks he has a plan. He's like, I got this. Don't worry about it. This is what happens. We go there, we beat up the Sparrow Academy, then we beat up Dad to tell us that we're the better ones, and then boom, it's done. <laughs> very simple with his plan and also isn't concerned about time in his plan at all he just wants to get he just wants to know he's the best i guess when you really think about it though like it's kind of convenient like if people if if there was going to be any group of people who traveled back in time and then traveled back forward in time and everything's different but like who who don't care it would be this group because besides Allison, nobody has any like ties. Right. Nobody had any like careers that they needed to get back to. Like Klaus could care less. Diego was a vigilante. The person that he cared about already dead. Although maybe not in this timeline. Like is Patch still alive? Possibly. Like we don't know. Um, and then you've got like Luther who was on the moon for a while. Like, uh, you know, so it's... I, yeah, I feel like uh, it, five wasn't there. Five was in the future. So they're all kind of like the perfect group of people to not care. We just have to kind of figure out, like, I really need them to quickly figure out the whole Alice and Claire situation. And once they decide which way they're going to go with that, then because I'm trying to think of like what would be sadder, like if Claire just like doesn't exist or if there is a version of Claire because like somehow Allison and Patrick still mm -hmm. got together. But like she's not associated with this Allison. Like they both kind of would be sad. There's not really like a happy answer here. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something that Allison's going to have to deal with. So yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens. Uh, before we find out what happens next, let's take a little commercial break. And yes. we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, so we have the Umbrella Academy settled at the Hotel Obsidian. Meanwhile, back at the Sparrow Academy in their swanky gym, and they're like Avenger, like they're all in coordinating outfits. They're oh, definitely yeah. they have a different different training uh, than the Umbrella Academy got for sure. They're literally like running on the treadmills, watching the game tapes of their fight with <laughs> the Umbrella Academy, and they're like, man. Like, they suck. Like, we're so much better, except for that Vanya one. Like, she can do a lot. <laughs> she took yeah. all of us out in 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, Marcus is not happy about that. Like, Marcus being the number one. In this case, I think the number one is really, like, the number one. Like, he's really the Which leader of this group. Which doesn't make any sense because 
there's no way super strength is better than any of that other stuff any of the other people can do. Well, maybe there's other things we don't know yet. I don't know. That's possible. Um, They realize that Klaus is the weak link and really call it out. And this is me hoping for the third season in a row that we get like some actual Klaus power development, right? Like Klaus and honestly Luther, because Luther doesn't, I don't know, Luther just seems to get beat up. Like if there's someone with super strength who's better than you, what's the purpose? Like I need you to either be so strong that like if a normal person punches you, like they wouldn't even be able to, or I need you to have some different powers. But um, yeah, hopefully we get some more out of Klaus because like even rewatching season two in the final battle when they're fighting against um, the commission and Lila, all that Klaus does in using his powers is like yell catch me and some ghosts catch him so like he doesn't die by landing on the ground after flying through the air and then lila does not even bother to mimic his powers because like we don't even see that because what would that even look like we well know. we do i think we have an opportunity because klaus is kind of a bridge between these two uh groups with the connection that he has with ben i still think somewhere in ben's dna there's a connection to klaus that will be unlocked through maybe through the energy orb i have no idea Uh, um but we'll see we'll kind of see what happens this is where marcus uh as they're working out realizes you know like hey this could be good for business if we have you know enemies in town or we can like beat them up or something like that and this is where as you had mentioned before reggie gets summoned to talk to oh yes you summoned me like very different relationship he has with them yeah and it's really interesting what he says here because marcus is like all right you know reggie you know them because you knew them at another time what is your assessment and he's like uh they're very underwhelming a bunch of bad stuff you know like they have no loyalty and then the sparrow academy's like yeah we could use that um give a full report to christopher and then this is where reggie says I wouldn't underestimate the Umbrella Academy. Somehow they saved the world in 1963. And had they not, you would not be here now. So I wonder, this this gets me to thinking, like, what is Reggie's game here? Like, what, did he do this for the Umbrella Academy? Is the Sparrow Academy, the are the Sparrow Academy the fall guys? I don't, I don't know. But I thought it was a very interesting comment. Yeah, I don't know what his game plan is because like, Everything we saw in season two, even on the rewatch, I still don't really understand like what Reggie's plan was. Like we find out in season two that he didn't actually want Kennedy to be assassinated. Like he's, he has some interests on the dark side of the moon that we don't really know about. Like he's got all these different, you know, it, things happening that it, it, it seems like it would be pretty drastic for him to have changed his personality and his life so much with this group of people. But then like the whole long con is like, oh, because I wanted the Umbrella Academy to like get back together and then I'm just going to sub them in. Like, do you want, do you just want more super powered people? Like, what are, what are you doing? If you're not the one in control and Marcus seems to be a little bit more in control, what is your role? What's your purpose? I don't know. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think I said this last when our, our season two recap, but I do think that like the handler and Reggie are the actual, like enemies here so i I think it would be interesting you know we haven't we haven't seen anything from the handler so far in in season three granted we've only watched one episode she may be dead she may be dead dead she may be dead dead but we don't know she has been dead ish before so we'll we'll see um uh but i don't know we'll see how that pans out 
Uh, back at the hotel, everyone's getting settled. We've got the boys' room and the girls' room. And the boys' room, Klaus is, like, happy to be back. Um, Diego is, like, if I wanted to, like, live like this, I would have stayed in the institution with Lila. And then um, Five is just, like, happy to get a rest. And Luther is excited because he never got to go to camp. So he's just like, oh, this is like camp for me. Yeah. I don't know. Luther's just like hanging out. Um, <laughs> the, the Vanya and Allison room that we do a lot more reflecting on season two. They both reflect over their relationships with Ray and Sissy and how they're like, man, did we even make the right choice coming here? We had kind of like some good stuff going on. But yeah, they're definitely like missing their people. They are wondering, like, did we leave these people just to die in some superhero turf war? And this yeah. is where Vanya says, you know, like, it's okay. You can go back to your real life. Like, go, you need to go to the airport. Go no, find you can't. out. It doesn't <laughs> exist. What are you talking about? Which makes you me think your I'm real like, life. Vanya, what do you do? You're like, what is Vanya's plan here? But they do have a nice sister hug, but then yeah. uh, Allison leaves. So, um, yeah. Meanwhile, back at the Sparrow Academy, Marcus is doing his daily morning workout and letting everybody see him. And he throws a towel down. Like, apparently, this is like a gig that he does every morning. Um, but this time, there's someone staring back up at him. And it's Vanya. And she's like, I see you. Yeah. I so they go, they go and meet. Um, and uh, Marcus thinks Vanya is number one. <laughs> She's like, yeah, yeah no, I'm, I'm number seven. Um, so her plan is to call him out tomorrow in front of his fans because she does believe that his team as a whole is better than hers, but that she might be better than him as an individual. And she says she ended the world twice. So she's kind of threatening him like, hey, you know, I yeah. we, we have nothing to lose here. We have no rep reputation to lose. Nothing. Um, we we don't have anything to prove, but y'all do, and so that's our plan. Unless you want to, um, I think she just says, unless you want to give me like we don't see her say it, but like implies, give me the briefcase back because he's gonna go look for the briefcase Whoa. after this. So I'm assuming yeah. it's like because of that. Yeah, the way this scene breaks down is she's like she knows she's being underestimated, right? Because she's assumed to be the number one when she's really the number seven and this kind of throws Marcus for a loop um but she's sitting in her power she's just like look this is what I'm gonna do tomorrow morning when you're out there I'm gonna call you out for a fight it's gonna be just me and you and as she's saying this did you notice this too like the lights start going the lights start yeah. flickering I didn't know if that was like a Vanya thing or an energy orb thing I didn't know what was happening I'm pretty sure that was a Vanya thing um yeah, yeah it's just sort of making the lights flicker making the table shake that kind yeah. of thing and she's like listen I ended the world twice you're just neat in spandex yeah and Marcus is like okay uh and she goes you have something I need and I want it back and this is where, yeah, she presumably talks about the the briefcase. Um, but at the same time, we saw, we see some ravens who were listening and watching in. And so the ravens fly back to the Sparrow Academy and tell Faye what was going on. And Faye tells Ben and Ben's like, I'll handle it. So, yeah, seems like there is a, you know, uh, I mean, either Marcus is like the number one where everyone listens to him or it's maybe not quite that smooth because it doesn't sound like he clued in the rest of them that he was going to go have a powwow with Vanya um, and make some sort of deal. So not, <laughs> I was yeah, going to say we'll happy. see where this goes, but there's like some more questions yeah. <laughs> involving Marcus that we got to figure out first. 
Yeah. Back at the hotel, um, Luther, Diego, and Klaus are eating. Klaus is like mesmerized yet also like taken aback at how his brothers are eating because like Luther hasn't eaten in forever and Diego is just Diego. So they're just like eating without taking any any breaths or anything like that. Um, Five comes down in a robe. He's all rested and recovered. And um, they start talking about some of the possible things that could be happening with time here. Um, Because five is like, "Uh, hey, so the babies that of us are still here somewhere, but they might have grown up in different places with different people. And Luther's like, oh, I know about them. They're the doppelgangers. (laughs) And it's fine. As long as you don't get the paranoid psychosis, right? Five. And, um, and he's like, yeah, the doppels aren't even in the same time zone probably. And at this, so they kind of have a conversation about time. Um, but at this moment, a knife goes right in the back of Diego's chair and he turns around and he sees Lila. And of course, Lila doing her Lila-ist runs away and has Diego chase him down the hall. And um, when he catches up with her, she's like, I'm just here to do a little drop off. And he goes, of what? And she says, our son. Say hello, Stanley. What now? The who what? The what now? I thought this was, uh, there's a lot of things with this that I had questions on. Like one, the what what? Two, we learned that he can swim fast. That's his power. So he has powers. Wait, when Um, did we learn that? uh, She says like he can swim fast. Oh, great. Or something like that. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm pretty sure she was referring to Diego's swimmers. Oh, sure. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. I think she was saying, oh, were you surprised that basically we hooked up one time? That's fair. That's fair. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But that being said, I bet that this, well, I don't know. We don't know if like uh, the powers are in any way transferable to offspring. We never heard of Claire having any power, but but I could believe with these two of them. Power, power baby power, power couple here yeah power couple um okay initial thoughts my initial thoughts were i did not need this i i i am someone who like when you're watching a show or reading a book and they introduce the child like i love kids and i and that's fine but it's like i don't need an annoying tag along child so depending on how this kid is going to act i don't need it i don't i I'm amused to see as long as it's not super annoying Diego's a dad I think that would be amusing um I also don't know why Diego my biggest pet peeve with the scene was she has a briefcase she is carrying a briefcase Diego I mean I know you just learned that you had a son or whatever but like hey can you come back to the table talk to my brothers like something I'm going to assume he was just overwhelmed she says sure. that she had him for 12 years, like has yeah. been chilling with Stan for 12 years and then it's his turn. Why have you not contacted him in these 12 years? Um, I still don't really get how time travel works to where you've been living for t- 12 years and they only have been living well, for a few days. And I mean, which version of Diego is this kid, is the father of this kid? You know what I mean? Like she could have gone to go talk to other oh, Diego. Oh, true. So yeah, uh, we have no idea. We have no idea. Lila does not look like she's aged twelve years, but no. also like neither did the handler when we watched like the handler raising well, she Lila did dye her hair blonde. She's now blonde. Yeah. So 
I don't know. I don't know how I feel about any of this. I assume that we'll get more information on it in following episodes. I'm kind of bummed because I was like hoping that we'd have Lila stick around. I mean, I'm assuming Lila will come back in the next episode. She's in like the poster of um, Netflix. So I'm assuming she's coming back. I'm just not. Look, I'm not a Stan Stan so far. Stan's going to have to do a lot to impress me and cannot just be an annoying tag along. Yeah, if he's annoying, that'll be super annoying. But like yeah. I said, it'd be kind of interesting to see Diego with his issues of communication and his, you know, mom, mommy issues and daddy issues try to, like, I'm just interested in seeing him digest the fact that he is a dad or like, if he believes that he is a dad, I think it would be interesting. That part I'm interested in. The kid hanging around, maybe not so much. Yeah, maybe not. Um, um, but you know what? It- Back at the basement, um, we do see Marcus is going down into the basement to try and find the briefcase. And he sees, like, Grace is on the floor, like, basically, like, writing wingdings is, like, what I could, yeah, I could uh, prescribe, or what I saw it as. And she's, like, looking at the energy blob and Marcus is, like, hey, Grace, what are you doing? Grace goes, worshipping. It was yep. very weird. So Grace says that the orb thing is a god and it's a that miracle. it's and it's speaking a message and she's listening to it and she's like do you hear the message and marcus is like no it, it just sounds like noise and he gets closer and he's like yeah i hear it and then he touches it and an energy pulse yeah. goes out of some sort that murders a dog at the hotel by the way i don't know nobody else seems well, to notice it yeah. or feel it but the dog like bursts into ash Instantly. Yeah. So, like, what, like, how to describe? So, the energy orb is red, and Marcus goes in and touches it. And when he touches it, like, a blue wave of energy radiates out of the Sparrow Academy basement, basically all the way through the Hotel Obsidian. And when it happens, you can kind of like it goes through the dog, but then the energy retracts, and it retra- uh, it's on that retraction. It's kind of like uh, the dog was blipped a little bit. Like he yeah. just kind of like disintegrates and goes in i'm assuming is absorbed into this energy because we see as the energy comes back to the orb in the basement it also ashens disintegrates blips marcus into yeah it uh, almost sort of looks like marcus like yeah gets sucked into it Mm -hmm. um so okay here's if marcus died wouldn't be the worst thing for <laughs> me handling a show that has now introduced seven new characters right up front. Sure. Um, would be kind of sad because I kind of liked Marcus. And I feel like this, it, it would, it's sort of that like convenient thing of like Marcus was on board with making a truce. Marcus was going to go try to get the briefcase back, but that would be way too simple and wrap up all the, you know, like that would wrap up the plot and everyone would just travel back in time. So we need to get rid of Marcus because Marcus is at this point, the only person who knew about the briefcase and how to deal with Vanya. Um, I think probably Marcus will come back in some form, but it might take an episode or two. I think Marcus is in an alternate universe somewhere with the dog. Oh. Like, I think it's like collecting like Mary Poppins's bag, like the bag of holding in D&D. <laughs> like, I yes. feel like it's just collecting things and stuff and maybe the way out of this for the Umbrella Academy is through the blob or they have to fight the blob. I'm just calling it the blob. I don't really know what to call it. Um, yeah. But I was calling it the glowy thing in my notes, <laughs> but yeah, blob works. Yeah, I don't know. It's definitely a force. It, it so far, it seems to be set up like this blob 
thing is going to be like the enemy they need to fight potentially. Like this is the end of the world or the, we don't know. But um, yeah, I'm very, I'm very curious yeah. about it because on the one hand, it's like a very Umbrella Academy move to be like, and we just, we just murdered someone right up front. Like, oh, goodbye. You thought you were going to hang out with this character? Nope. Um, but on the other hand, like Marcus seemed kind of cool. So yeah, I don't think it's the last we'll see of him, but uh, I don't know where he is. Time left out. Meanwhile, back at the hotel, Five is like on cloud nine. He's like, don't worry about it. Like, here's the thing. Like, I know timelines. It's fine. We saved the world. We could do it. Like, we, we can handle it. We did it. We won. Everyone's like, yeah, we won. We did it. And at the same time, we had just seen what happened with Marcus and the blood. Yeah, no. So obviously, this is an incorrect assessment. Um, but they're going to have to come down off that cloud pretty soon. Like, <sighs> you did not win. Nice try. But you did not win. Yeah. You did not win. And that so, is the yeah, end of episode one. That is episode one. Do you have any predictions going into episode two? Any immediate predictions? Mm, immediate predictions is Diego won't know what to do as a dad. <laughs> That's a pretty easy one. Um, I do think they will find out, like, the Marcus missing thing will probably get to Vanya in some way, which will get the Umbrella Academy's ears up that they have not won <laughs> and that something is wrong and they will need to go back to the house and kind of I, I I foresee this is not in the next episode but I think the only way out for this group is to work with the Sparrow Academy so we're going to have to start seeing some some bridges being built there. Yeah, I think that could happen. I think that we are going to in the next episode get some sort of conclusion to the Claire situation, mm. whatever that may be. And my gut instinct is that Patrick is like, what are you talking about? I'm not married. I don't have a child. And that Claire just doesn't exist in this timeline. It would be sad. Don't get me wrong. But I think that that's where we're at. I think it would be sad. I think in the end, though, Claire will come back in some way, shape, or form. I don't know how. Well, I think the end of the show. Yes. Is that like, I don't know if that's the end of the season or what, but I think the end of the show is they correctly get back to their correct timeline with their correct lives. Yes. Agreed. From the beginning. Agreed. But we'll, well, find, out. we'll find out. We shall find out. So like we said, this is the recap for the first episode of season three. We will be coming back at the end of the week to talk about the season as a whole and then diving deep into individual episodes after that. So uh, I hope you join us for the ride. Mary, where can people find you? You can find me everywhere at Frail Mary on social media. And um, over on Twitter is where I post about most podcasts that I'm on at the moment. Uh, it is mostly Riverdale coverage at Kowski Cast. That's cow with a K. Um, however, Big Brother 24 is just around the corner. So I'm sure that there will be some of that happening soon. That's good. Yeah, uh, I can't believe it's going to be Big Brother time already. It is the this summer. This break it is was not long enough. Yeah. yeah, it is. I, I mean, I, I recognize that at the end of June, but um, I could have used a bit more time. <laughs> As for me, you can find me on Twitter at MarsBars, M-A-R-Z-B-A-R-S. I am 
par- primarily podcasting about the Umbrella Academy, guest guesting on a couple of other podcasts. I was just on the Movie Ladder podcast talking about the movie The Right Stuff. So if you'd like to hear about that, Ooh. you can find that link on my Twitter as well. Otherwise, I'm spending a lot of time in the Posher Recaps Discord, which you can get access to by becoming a patron of Posher Recaps by going to patreon.com slash Posher Recaps. If you join us at any level, you can get access to the Discord where we talk about television, life. We have Dungeons and Dragons. Speaking of which, I played a Dungeons and Dragons session that was Footloose themed just this week. So, or this past week. So Footloose is in the ether everyone is getting footloose um so yeah it's a fun place to be love it if you join us you can give us feedback in the discord as well or find us on twitter we'd love to hear from you we will be with you for a a long a while on this on this journey of the umbrella academy so we'd love to hear from you along the way um you can like we mentioned you can reach out to us on twitter or find us in the discord other than that we got some we got some show to binge so uh, oh yeah on, on the next one Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.